Welcome to the Inside Edge as the Blue Jackets go down the stretch and get ready to close out training camp. Two preseason games left on the ledger, and then it will all be for real. Bob McElligot alongside of Jody Shelley. And, Jody, the Blue Jackets have six of those preseason games in the books. Uh, they played number six last night in Carolina. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes had not their full lineup, but they had the bulk of their NHL players in the lineup last night. The Blue Jackets took a one to nothing lead on a uh, Igor Chinikov goal, which he's got four, by the way, during the preseason. And then all of a sudden it was Carolina, 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 Carolina. Eight to one was the final in that one. Um, you know, it is a preseason game. Uh, you kind of write it off, but I'm sure there were a lot of players that were in that game that wanted to show something as the final cuts will be coming down here over the weekend, and they just weren't able to show that. But again, there were no points involved in the game. The game is in the past, and there are two left. Yeah, it's part of the evolution of camp, I think, Bob. I mean, that's one of those situations where you put together a roster where you want to see some players, and you give them an opportunity, and you go into Carolina, and you face uh, a Carolina team that's a pretty good roster. I mean, Brent Burns was all over the ice. He had um, did he have sixty shots himself? It looked like he had. It seemed like it. Four in the first few. Every minutes. time there was a shot taken, it seemed like it came uh, off his stick. You're talking about a team that's in contention or ta- in in the circles of of going all the way this year, you know, and they have been the past few. So that was a tune up for them to to get organized and get ready. And and for the Blue Jackets, you know, the roster was uh, more of an unproven roster. So you take that for what it's worth. The, the players that didn't get to show what they wanted to show. Um, They'll be better. They'll be better the next time they get that opportunity, if they do get it. With only two games left, uh, this team has not been put together yet uh, as far as skating together with the units. Uh, they've been together, pieced throughout different teams, different lineups throughout this camp, but now it's time. This morning was a practice at the Ice House. Everyone was on the ice except Gus Nyquist. Uh, the Blue Jackets now will probably get organized and, and get involved and get their guys together for Thursday night's game at home against St. Louis. And then that's when Brad Larson, if, if St. Louis is, has a similar mindset where they'll keep their guys for their final game, which I think is Friday against Chicago or Saturday, uh, they'll keep their roster for that game and tee it up and go into the week feeling good. I think that Larson will probably do that Thursday night. He'll probably have Johnny Goodrow, Patrick Laine with Boone Jenner, who's skating now. Zach Wierenski, he was with Boquist today. Does Boquist get that spot to start? Well, they'll test that out. Uh, so those things, that that's what camp is for. So using the training camp to evaluate, but also prepare your team for game number one. Points are so critical for a team like uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets this year coming in to, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to have a start like they did last year. And first game is on the road against Carolina. Second game is at home against Tampa. Uh, that's not a, a, an easy start if you're looking at it. But more importantly, if you're not, if you don't have that group together and use the time, the two and a half weeks, the way to prepare for game one, then it's on you. So I think it's uh, there's importance in the preseason game, but I think it's more to feel good. So last night, not feeling good. Let's see if Thursday night they feel good. Even if they don't get the, uh, you know, in a coach talk, even if you don't get the victory, you want to see what you've asked of your players. You know, there's things that happen throughout the game that don't just give you the victory. Carolina with an 8-1, okay, they probably feel too good about themselves last night. Uh, but for the Blue Jackets, there's that even ground where the coaches want to feel like the effort was there, they understand the system. We've got the most out of the players, and now our lineup, we, our decisions are getting easier. So I think that's what's going to happen this week. Well, uh, the Blue Jackets are actually going to be back in Carolina next week. To next open Tuesday, the yeah, travel day, yeah. Open the regular season. So those people that were attending the game last night that might think that next week is going to be 
easy for the Hurricanes, I would say. Yeah, maybe it's a good setup, Bob. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Rope-a-dope. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who are these guys? <laughs> hey, uh, the Blue Jackets did send some guys out this morning, as you were alluding to. Uh, Brendan Gauntz has been placed on waivers, so they want to send him to the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, Ole Bjorkvik Holm and Josh Dunn were sent to the Cleveland Monsters. Owen Sillinger has been returned to Cleveland as well, so that leaves 33 in the camp. And you said that um, uh, Gus Nyquist did not skate. One of those 33 is Carson Meyer, who is still here and still trying to make this team, and we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. But um, you mentioned Boone Jenner skated today. Cole Sillinger played in that game last night. These are two very important pieces for the Blue Jackets to get back into the lineup. I thought Cole looked good last night. I mean, for a guy that got injured early in camp and hasn't been uh, on the ice very much, uh, I think he looked he looked like him. I'm sure he's a little bit rusty, but but he played his game. But uh, he and Boone are going to be pivotal to literally because they're going to play in the middle. Uh, <laughs> they'll be pivotal to what happens here, especially early on. Oh, yeah, and – you know, my sense is, or, or my prediction, I guess, just standing back and looking at them uh, and and how they got injured and the time it took, I think they're taking extra time with these guys. There's no rush for them to be skating with the team the past six days, you know, since they they got injured early in camp. I think they're, they understand how important those two players are, obviously, for this lineup and anything they want to do. Uh, that they had, they just took their time with them. And I think there was, you know, for three or four days there towards the end where we didn't see them, where there was a lot of question, where are these guys? Why aren't they skating? Well, you have the luxury now of, of, of making sure that the issues they're dealing with are completely behind them before they move forward. And I hope that's the case with Boone as well. But Cole looked great last night. He looked like he was refreshed, and he looked like, uh, you know, one of those horses that were held back. He wanted to run. He wanted to run. I'm sure they told him a few times. You know, take a couple more days, and that's hard for a young player to hear. So, you know, he's he looks ready to go. He looked great in practice today. And it's going to be one of those seasons, and who knows what's going to happen. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You can plan for it. Now the expectations are higher. We're going to now see, okay, since July, it's been all excitement, and it should be excitement and buzz about Johnny Goodrow and the effect he's going to have offensively. But now the coaches have got to get down and grind this team and, and understand, make them understand the team concept to get in there and, and start producing wins for the team, for the organization. So that's where we're at now, and I think that's where um, – that's the. This is the point that everyone's been waiting to get to. It's a, it's a, it's a fun time always, but it's an even elevated excitement uh, around this organization. Not from, not just from us and and Columbus and the team and the fans, but everywhere in, in uh, the hockey universe. Can't wait to see how the Blue Jackets are going to come out of the gate. When you look at uh, the forwards today, after the four lines, there were several guys that were wearing red jerseys. Um, and Kent Johnson was one of those. Kirill Marchenko was another. Uh, Carson Meyer, who I said is going to join us here. Liam Foodie, And then Victor Rask, who is here on a tryout. Kent Johnson on in that group. Is it a possibility he could start the year in the American Hockey League? I think so, absolutely. And I don't think it'd be bad for him. He's played the most hockey out of anyone probably in the world in the last 12 months. Uh, Olympics, World Juniors, two different times. NHL, uh, he was in college. World championships. World championships. I mean, he's had a lot of great experiences, and here he is at camp, and I don't see, you know, there's no doubt that he could start in the American Hockey League. And um, if that's what shakes out in the long run, it will be great for him. Uh, but right now, if he's not exactly where they think he is, 
uh, he'll have to go down. Now, the Rask thing is interesting to me because maybe that's due to depth at the center ice position, right? It, who's going to actually work on that top line? Does Danforth get a chance? Right now, Boone Jenner is there. Does Cole get a chance? Roslovic hasn't had a sniff on that line yet. Um, you know, so, so the, And they did the same thing to Jack last year. He did not play at all between Line A and Voracek at all until he got his game together later in the year, uh, and he saw some time there. So... They're going to make Jack earn that uh, that position if he does get a chance. But, you know, Rask is interesting there to see because uh, it's it's really that position uh, that needs to work. Line A and Goodrow need to work together. Who's going to be the guy that makes sure it works uh, between them? And when you look long-term, if Kent Johnson is going to be a centerman in the NHL, we've seen him play there. We've, we've seen him play preseason games. Uh, we haven't seen him score, but we've seen him be defensively responsible in his own zone and all that stuff. But – you and I talk about this all the time. If you go to the American Hockey League and you're the number one centerman and you're getting a ton of minutes, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be there all year long. But it is a really good place for you to go and work on that aspect of your game. And then when you come here, not just be in the lineup hoping that you're going to be able to stick, but you're going to be in the lineup to stay because you've already figured it out. Oh, he's an amazing talent, and he's a, such a smart player. And, and the game he did play out there with – with uh, Goodrow and Line A, they, they look, it was fun. You know, it was a fun game. But center in the NHL is hard. It's it's a difficult position to play. And it seems to me like it gets harder every single year. Uh, you Take Carolina, for example. You see the size of their defenseman last night? They picked up Brent Burns because they understand if you want to make it past the second round in the National Hockey League playoffs, which is what they're gearing up for, it's all the you know the teams that have those big body, stable, hard to play against defensemen that can get the puck out of the zone. McDonough's in Nashville now. That's uh, that's another big body, strong, smart player. And and center ice uh, has got to play defensive to help that your defensemen get out of their own end. Then you've got to be a pivot to distribute the puck, and then you have to be a responsible guy in the offensive zone. So there's a lot to it. And if you're going to play 12 good games or 30 good games and then have a big dip, I mean, that's what you have to guard against too. I mean, Cole had a dip last year. It wasn't big. Uh, they, they took him off the power play, put him on the penalty kill, made some adjustments. He could handle it, and he made his way through the season. But it's a grueling position, and, and I guess maybe they're standing back and saying, is he ready to play that position for 82 or is he more of a 32 guy? Does he need to go to the American Hockey League, play him there for 40, then bring him up, and then he'll never look back? Great lessons to be learned in the American Hockey League. If that happens, we don't even know. We're just looking at the way that the Lions were uh, set up today for practice. Anything could happen. Carson Meyer is hoping that when it's all said and done, that he's staying right here in his hometown to be a part of the Blue Jackets, and he has certainly been making a case throughout this training camp. We're going to talk with Carson as the Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets in their final week of training camp. Just a couple of preseason games left. They'll be at home on Thursday night to take on St. Louis on Saturday in Washington to wrap up the preseason schedule. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley, and we're joined right now by Carson Meyer, who is literally right at home here with the Blue Jackets. Uh, Carson, it's been a uh, it's been a tough camp. You have uh, performed very well in the things that you've been asked to do and the way you've shown yourself in this camp, but... Uh, before getting there, I want to go all the way back to last year when we were in Buffalo. Patrick Line A was dinged up, and it, it, they were unsure if he was going to play that night in the game or not, and they called you up from Cleveland. You came up. You took the morning line rushes with the team, 
and then by later in the afternoon it was deemed that Patrick was going to play and you were sent right back out. Um, at that point in time, did it ever cross your mind as to, was this my one chance at the NHL? Am I going to get another shot at this? Um, that had to be like, looking back on it now, I'm sure you can really smile about it because uh, we're sitting here talking. But uh, in some ways, that had to be a really happy day and then somewhat of a dark day at the same time. Yeah, that, that day was a, uh, was a complete roller coaster. I mean, there's just so much going through your mind. You, you're not sure you might be getting your, your first NHL game and – and uh, you know, you never know if it's going to happen, and and uh, to come that close, and then uh, you know, to get scratched at warmups, it's it's certainly a roller coaster. But I think for me, um, you know, I was aware, like I know a lot of friends in 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 pro hockey who have warmed up multiple times and never ended up getting their debut. So that was certainly in the back of my mind. But uh, for me, I think that was kind of a turning point in my season because uh, I was just so motivated to get back there after that point because I was literally 10 minutes away from, uh, you know, my NHL debut. And, and I knew, uh, you know, that was just kind of a vote of confidence from the organization that, that I was the next guy up. So um, after that, I think my play, uh, I, I took it to another level. And, and, you know, fortunately, I was able to get another opportunity later on. Yeah, you did. You came up and you played well at the end of the year. And that experience that you got, how much did that bleed into the summer in the way that you were going to have yourself prepared to come to this camp this year and make the same or a better impression than you did back then? Uh, I mean, it, it helped a ton. I think just uh, one for motivation throughout the summer because getting those, uh, you know, playing the last month with the uh, with the Jackets here, um, I got a lot more confidence and a lot more comfortable. And, I you know, I, I kind of understood exactly what I needed to do to make the lineup. And, and at the same time, uh, you know, I kind of proved to myself that I, I believe I can play in this league and I can skate in this league and, and, uh, you know, do something positive for the team every game. So, uh, you know, I just – I knew that all summer. And, and having one of the of Lars's training camps under my belt certainly helped a lot because I knew what to expect. And I knew to take care of my grinds all summer. So, um, yeah, I was just a lot more comfortable coming in this year. And, and uh, I just – you know, I understood exactly what I needed to do to, to uh, give myself the best chance. Jody, you were that kind of player. You knew what you needed to do to make it to the National <laughs> Hockey League. Um, is is making that change tough or is it easy like when you guys see it and you know is it much easier to make that change i think it's easier for speaking on my experience and, and i can see it in carson when you and it's it's a quicker path and maybe you figured that out uh last year with your experience here you just spoke of is you when you can get a defined role you can go higher and i, and I think uh, when we watch you play i see that in you do, do you feel that yourself yeah i mean absolutely it's uh it's a lot easier, you know, it, it almost feels like the team has a path for me and, and now I just need to follow it, you know, and, and I feel like that's, I'm the most effective on the ice when I play the way that they asked me to, you know, so um, it, it is, I think it's easier. It was a bit of an adjustment at first, you know, coming out of college, I, I didn't uh, play that way as much. I didn't play as hard and, um, but it's a lot easier to make the lineup that way than trying to score goals every night like uh, Patty. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of pressure, right? Right. <laughs> so, is there a checklist before every game that you go through mentally? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, like offensive zone, neutral zone, D zone. Yeah, I mean, I just I know, you know, I've got to play hard. I've got to hunt the puck. You know, I I need my legs going the whole game, but but uh, at the same time, I I have to know, you know, I've got to be very dialed in defensively, and 
and uh, you know, just kind of try and play simple right now, especially the first couple games in in months. Uh, uh, trying to get your legs back under you and and get back into thinking about the systems because we've been off for a while. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of go through all of that, and you know, the coaches do a good job of laying everything out for us pregame. So, um, you know, that helps limit some mistakes. And, and once you get out there, of course, you're just playing hockey, and and you can see it in your game. You've had a very good camp. But I want to go back to some comments about your fitness testing. It sounds like you did a tremendous job in there. <laughs> I, I felt pretty good about it, yeah. You worked extra hard, or have you always been a guy that is a gym rat that is dedicated to that type of uh, – that part of your work? Um, I haven't – you know, I was I was always kind of the little guy, uh, really skinny. I think freshman year of high school I was not even five foot or 100 pounds yet, so – um, always being the small guy, I, I don't know what, what age it would have been, maybe 15. I just kind of made a commitment to, uh, to that side of things and, and, um, working really hard in the weight room all summer. And, uh, I mean, it's paid dividends now. It's just like, I really enjoy that part of, of the process and, and, uh, getting as strong as I can in the summer. And, uh, I think for me, it's, it's a easy way to get noticed is doing well on the fitness testing because, uh, you know, I don't have the skill set that a lot of these other guys have, like uh, like a Marchenko or, you know, Johnny Goudreau. So for me, I think that's just uh, it's important for the way I play, and it's important for me to try and get an edge in the fitness testing. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, you, you got to find a separator, Bob, whether it's, uh, you know, used to be fighting, you know, but the fitness testing is your first impression too. And, and it's funny, we spoke with Yarmo moments after the results came out. I think you guys had just finished your testing maybe within the – half hour, an hour of that, and we asked him on air, he said, did you get the results yet? He goes, oh, yeah, I got them. He was very <laughs> excited about that just to see. You know, that was two and a half weeks ago now when camp opened or two weeks ago. Uh, so that's a good moment. I like to hear, because I'm coaching a double-A a Bantam team, and the kids are, we have some kids who are 5'11", 165 pounds, and we've got kids who are 5 feet and 85 pounds so you know you know the difference there is like yeah. yeah you're always the kid that knows the game but you're going to grow at some point you get sick of hearing that so you've been uh, all those young little kids out there that are, are waiting to grow it'll happen right Carson <laughs> yeah <laughs> I waited a long time and it was it was frustrating always being the small guy but um, I think for me it was beneficial just because like you said you have to learn the game and and find a way to help your team you know when you are that size so you know, by the time you finally hit your growth spurt and you get bigger and stronger and uh, you, you just, you know the game, I think, that much better. I want to follow up on one thing I saw on the scoreboard. They did a nice little, they do the interaction with the players and they ask you questions and you answer. Do you eat the same meal every single day? <laughs> Pretty much. Really? Yeah. I'm such and you a, cook it. I cook it, yeah. Just such a, cr a creature of habit. Um, you know, I've had stomach problems in the past. I don't know if you remember, but so... Uh, very strict about my diet and uh, you know I, I just know like these meals I, I feel good after them and I feel full and my stomach feels good so that's what I do. Sir are you a guy with superstitions too then or is it just uh, for your diet to eat that same meal? Um, I have some superstitions I try and stay away from them a bit because you know if you mess one up then it's in your head you're gonna play <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah. But, um, it's a burden. There's I mean as the season goes on, you, you certainly get into some by accident, like, oh, you know, we lost and I was minus three when I wore this tie, so <laughs> yeah. I'm never wearing the green tie again, yeah. you know, stuff like that, but for the most part, not not too many. 
We're talking with Blue Jackets forward Carson Meyer. How do you handle that diet when you're traveling during the season? Because it's one thing when you're at home, you can cook everything, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, like last year when you were in Cleveland, maybe all of a sudden you're in Grand Rapids, and, and now it's a, it's a different thing. How do you handle that? Uh, well, you know, on the road usually, uh, especially when the season starts, I, I have trouble keeping weight on, so it's a lot of pasta once the season starts. And Tell me, give me that secret, can you? Because I put more on during the season. I'm not sure how that works. Well, but no. follow them around for a day, and you won't have any weight on you. Yeah, that's true. I that's mean, true. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying pasta. Yeah, it's just a lot of pasta. You know, we usually our all of our pregame meals are yeah, there's pasta, chicken, and rice, so I can kind of stick to it. And then you know, if we get the opportunity to go out uh, to go out for a meal. Um, I'll usually go with a couple teammates and either get chicken pasta or, or steak and, and vegetables. So I, I mean, I pretty much don't, I don't really stray from it. I don't, uh, I don't try many new things. What about the, what about post game? Is it still the same in the American hockey league as when Jody and I were there? No chance. There's no the, chance. We used to get the menu and you had to go in and you had to order and you had to put your it money subs. In, the, in the cup. <laughs> and yeah, it was garbage. You know, basically. it was subs. It was a gas station stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then you hope that, uh, how many times were we on a bus when the, all the food was emptied and your sub wasn't there? Yeah. That was, that was the absolute worst. That times. was always three hour ride. You're like, great. Now I'm going to starve, <laughs> Yeah, but you're not going to starve. It's actually, you know, again, for me, it would have been good for me, but anyway, uh, is this still like that or no, do they take better no. care of you? There? It's far better than that. There's no, uh, uh, in my experience, in Cleveland at least, there's no money in a cup. But usually, <laughs> well, now you'd have to put your credit card in. Yeah. Nobody even uses money anymore. No, so. I haven't. <laughs> I, I haven't carried cash around in a while. Right. But um, home games, they'll have a either a buffet or uh, like a little like a packed meal. But it'll be good. It'll be like brisket and vegetables and potatoes. But on the road, uh, usually they'll give you a menu of some local restaurant, and you you pick out what you eat and. It's waiting in your seat when you get on the bus after the game. There's, there's never a, a, there's never any situation where there's nothing left for you. Everybody gets their food. <laughs> I remember my first year in the East Coast League. Nick Fatiu was the head coach in Johnstown, and he would stop after games, which I, I couldn't understand. We go to Wheeling; it was like two hours, and he would make the bus driver stop at a truck stop where they would have basically a. Uh, a buffet that usually had meatloaf, gravy, and potatoes. Nice. And there, where we are, everybody in their tracksuits and late at night in a truck stop. That that was my first experience in pro hockey, and I was like, what is going on here? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, it became to be an everyday thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But now, now they have upgraded, and that, that shouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Carson, being from Columbus, is it's a big deal, right? The people around here, there are so many people um, – you know, watch you and the AAA program, you know, growing up and playing in the chillers around here. I remember talking to you in Anaheim last year when you were going to play with uh, Sean Corrali and what a, a big deal that was for you, two local guys. Um, you still you, you still get that way when you're on the ice with Sean? I mean, you've done it uh, a number of times now, but uh, it's still kind of cool to be out there with a guy that uh, you knew from growing up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's somebody that I think a lot of um, Columbus kids – uh, looked up to and and still still do look up to um you know for me he was just kind of that wave ahead of me that uh carved the path for the rest of us and um you know him and Connor Murphy were kind of the first couple to uh make the NHL from here and and um uh, you mix in like Vogues and and the Sherwoods and Rosovic and um but for me it was uh you know Corrali he went to USHL he went to Miami and then 
to the NHL or the AHL first and then the NHL. And that's kind of a very similar path to what I followed. And um, so for me, he was always somebody I looked up to and, and just knew, you know, okay, like if he can do it, you know, maybe I can too. And, uh, and then the other part of that is just fun to play with because, you know, he's got to work every night and he'll be yelling at you on the ice and telling you exactly what you need to do. Go to the net. Go to the net, yeah. <laughs> Get the puck out of the zone. Yeah. And you guys kill penalties together too, right? Uh, we have, I think, a couple times, yeah. And he's probably a pretty easy guy to read off. I mean, he's got so much experience now, which is crazy. It means we're getting really old. <laughs> but I think he's 29 or twenty nine or 30 years old now, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he's so. He's getting up there. So when you, uh, when you came to camp here this year and, and uh, you see everything that's going on, um, how do you feel about your camp so far? I feel pretty good. You know, I think uh I think the first uh, especially 10 games and uh or sorry, 10 days, uh I felt really good, you know, testing went well. I felt good in the practices and the scrimmages and in the first preseason game I felt really good and now we're kind of into the dog days, right, where it's you know, everybody's going to be tired and sore and 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 uh you know, I I feel not as good about my last couple games. You know, last night we obviously didn't have a very good game, but um, you know, I'm just going to try and make it as hard as possible on them to, uh, uh, to send me down. And, and that's just kind of been my mentality the whole time. You know, I'm, I'm very aware of the situation and the, the depth that we have at, at, uh, at wing, especially we've got some really great prospects and, and young players here. And, um, it's, it's, I know it's an uphill battle. So, you know, of course I want to make the team, but my goal the whole time has just been each day, just, just try and, uh, get noticed and, and, make it hard for them to cut me. Now, today they did make cuts. I don't know if they made them last night or this morning, but you were part of the main group. And was it uh, – did you find out this morning, and, and was that like kind of a nervous night and, and morning today coming to camp? Uh, I found out last night. Uh, definitely definitely a little nervous after the game, especially with our team's performance. Uh, you know, and you just you, – I don't know. You never know. You know, you just got to take it a day at a time. And, um, you know, I just try and not really think about it and – uh, control what I can control. You know, I know it's cliche, but it, I think uh, it really applies to to this situation because, uh, you know, all you can do is just try and work hard and do your best every day and, and you know, leave the decisions to the coaching staff. Yeah, but when you're out there on the ice, I remember in camp, I mean, you're on the main group. You feel you feel a little better today? Like, do you feel like <laughs> this is the best day of camp yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I used to feel that way. I was like, yes, I'm on the main group. You don't <laughs> celebrate it, but you're like, yeah. your name's on the board. You want to go in the bathroom and just go, yes, yes, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it certainly feels good to still be hanging around. I will say that, but, um, there's you a, know, yeah, it's not the goal yet. Yeah, and there's, you know, I know it's, I don't know, maybe four or five days left, but it's gonna feel like uh, it's gonna feel like a month, you know, just just trying to make it to the next day, just kind of the same mentality as when I got called up, you know, just try and try and earn the next day. And now that you're in camp, so camp started two weeks ago. You're in your hometown. I'm sure you've got friends from everywhere and relatives. Are you in your own little world, and are they leaving you alone? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they understand me and. They understand uh, kind of the the nerves and and all that that comes with training camp. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll they'll wish me luck before games or, you know, tell me good job, uh, you know, scoring a goal or something like that. But for the most part, uh, they wait for me to reach out. And, you know, my fiance's done a great job. She knows how I am. I'm, I'm uh, 
like come home and I lay on the couch pretty much the rest of the day because I'm so tired or anxious or thinking about something. And, and, uh, you know, she's been pretty good. I haven't, haven't been very social the last couple of weeks, but you know, she's been cooking me my, my main dish for dinner, which has been great. So. Well, good. It sounds like a good routine you got there and, and it's worked so far. And, and, um, you know, that's the key. It's crazy in camp because I, for us that were traveling to the, the town, you're in a hotel, you know, you're, it's very structured and defined. I was just wondering for you as, being in your hometown, if that those distractions would be around, but sounds like you have it under control. Yeah, I uh, I think they get it uh, at this point. Uh, you know, I uh, they just they understand me, and you know they just kind of leave me alone yeah. to do my thing. That's good. <laughs> you mentioned earlier this is your second time going through a camp with Brad Larson, and when you look at this camp, not the camp itself, but the personnel that's around here, and the way this organization has changed from last year at this time. Um, and, and you're trying to be a part of that and stick with it. But isn't it almost in some ways kind of mind-boggling how quickly things have turned around here and, and how tough these choices are going to be at the end, whereas, you know, maybe last year there would be four or five spots open, and, and maybe this year you guys are battling for one or two. Yeah, uh, it's definitely different. And, and I think even this year I think we've uh, – you know, I haven't seen the numbers, but it feels like we had way more guys at camp, like maybe ten more or something like that. And that could be wrong, but it, it feels like there was more and. Uh, yeah. When you're battling for a spot, it feels like there's a hundred more. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and last year, it did. It, it kind of felt uh, a little bit more open for sure. Like um, there was more spots to grab, and 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 this year, it's. Uh, I mean, y- you just know, like, there's so many good players here right now. It's a great problem to have for the organization. There's a ton of depth and and great players coming up, and and great players, uh, you know, coming in, and. Um, so it, it's really good for the organization, but yeah, you, you can absolutely feel it. I mean, it feels like, it feels like uh, you know, there's everybody's fighting for the same spot right now. I wanted to ask you about uh, fighting. I heard you do. Were you interested in doing a little fighting this year in camp? Have you been looking a little bit? Yeah, more? you know, I've are you nervous that Jody Shelley just looked at you and said, <laughs> "Are you interested in doing a little fighting?" No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, that was kind no. of my plan. You know, I. I, I focus this summer a lot on it. I I spend a lot of time with uh, with Doug Owens. Did I, you? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to train with Doug yeah, Owens. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Up. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. Probably got fifteen, twenty boxing. Did sessions you really? With him and Bob, there's nothing. Like, this guy is tremendous. Out of his garage. Is he in his garage yeah. now? He we were over by the train tracks, over by the uh, Worthington <laughs> Ice. Yeah. And <laughs> that's uh, not stereotypical at all. Yeah. I train for boxing in the train tracks. No, but he's more than <laughs> boxing because there's a part of of fighting. That he understands. I don't know if you found this, Carson, or not, but he's just such a good guy to talk to. And he's always in control, and he's just, like, such a positive guy, right? Yeah, and I think for me, like, you know, the way I play, I've got to hit hard and, you know, kind of run around, and, and obviously that irritates people if I'm doing it right. So, um, you know, it was just good for me because last year I had no idea what I was doing, and I've had a handful of fights in the American League, but I, I was just kind of guessing, you know. Yeah. And uh, so – so working with him, I think helped a lot. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable if I get into that situation, and, um, you know, I'm certainly not afraid to. I just, uh, I've asked a couple people. Nobody wants to go in the preseason, and, uh, you know, I think when a, you're out there with Olivier or Good Branson, most people are, are not going to play the same way against us, anyways. So, um, but yeah, like I, I, I focused a lot this summer on that, and. You know, so now I, I just feel like I can better protect myself or, you know, if somebody, a teammate gets run over, I can stand up for him. That's a great idea. Hey, I want to ask you, both of you guys, so 
learning that, is it that first thing, like especially if you hit somebody and they're coming back at you, how important is the, the first action that you take uh, in determining whether well, you're going to have success or not? I always say my advice is try to get the first lick in as hard as you can and then hold on. And then if he gets in a bad spot, finish him off. That would be my advice. Or if you go with someone bigger, you got to understand if they're going to throw right or left and make sure you grab them as hard as you can and then wait for your spot to throw that thing. It's all about protecting yourself. But if you, if I'm going to, if Carson asks me to fight and I'm like, yeah, sure. And then he goes, bang, bang. I'm like, oh, no, who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm already cut. You've already got the advantage. And then it's, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's, I mean, kind of. Uh, Doug's big advice to me was uh, he, he said hit first and hit hard and he's like you know if you throw the first punch and you landed pretty hard that, that whoever you're fighting is not going to want to fight for very long so I think that's kind of the plan but obviously in my situation I think 90% of the guys will be taller than me <laughs> so I got to punch up that's alright just make it count <laughs> I, I always thought you know I might not win this fight but they're going to know they're in a fight because I'm going to get him at least once hard. <laughs> <laughs> what do these next couple of days uh, look like for you? How, you? We were talking about the the nerves and your thought process, and you're not very social at home right now. And, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's – look, the honest truth is it's coming down to it. And, and you've had some good games here. You mentioned the game in Carolina. I mean, that that was a, that was a full scale, not good for anybody, quite frankly. Um, and, and now there are a couple left. I'm sure one of the things you wonder is uh, – how much time am I going to get yeah. in, in one of these last two games or both of these games or whatever? Um, you know, what's your mindset here for the next uh, four days when it's really going to come down to crunch time? Yeah, you know, I just uh, – I don't know what the lineups are going to be. Um, you know, there's not many guys left. So, you know, I just hope I can uh, earn another opportunity in a game and and uh, I can make it count. And if not, just try and try and show something in practice and stick around, uh, stick around as long as I can. That first preseason game that you played, one thing that was really noticeable is you were always hitting somebody. Like, every time you were on the ice, I knew it because you were boom, 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 forechecking on everybody. As you get further in camp, this is not an excuse. This is just a fact of life. What are the legs like? Because you guys have been skating like crazy. Now, all of a sudden, you're in these games. I would imagine that the energy level is a little bit lower right now than it was a few days ago. Uh, yeah, it you know, it's definitely – this camp's a bit of a grind, and – it is a lot of skating. I mean, we're going to be in, in great shape when the season does start, but um, right now, you know, you just got to take care of your body because, uh, you know, it's certainly – it's hard to have as much jump as I did in the first game, but, you know, that's part of it is pushing through and, uh, you know, playing hard when you are tired because, you know, it's an 82-game season. So, you know, at some point that is going to happen, uh, you know, in the regular season. So, I think it's important to try and show it now. But, yeah, like you said, I think you can see it in, in the team in a couple of the games. You know, I, I know the game we played against the Capitals, I think we were a little lethargic. And then, uh, you know, last night uh, we just we didn't create very much and they were kind of all over us. So, um, yeah, like you said, not an excuse, but, but uh, it probably plays a little bit of a factor, just uh, not having as much jump maybe. How do you like number 72? I like it. I, uh, I wore it at Ohio State. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, it was Juracek or Juracek came in and, and he wanted 55 and, uh, you know, I didn't pick 55, so I had no problem with that. And, and the trainers asked if I wanted 72 because I wore it in, in college and, 
and I was happy to take it because uh, it's my Twitter name and Insta name. And oh, it is. And oh, uh, great. Well, that worked uh, out well. And it was kind of cool. I got to pick a number for an NHL team. That's yeah. hard to do. So you were 27 going into – were you 27 going into Ohio State from Miami? No, I was 18 in Miami. And then I transferred in and, uh, I don't know, a couple, somebody had 18 and somebody had my second choice and I so I took 72. Nice. <laughs> Looks kind of weird on a skater in a Blue Jacket shirt. I like it. Uh, yeah, Without but Bobrovsky on the yeah. back. <laughs> it never used to move around the ice as much no, as it does. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's what a good I mean? number. It's had success here. Yeah, yeah. But but you're right. I think that's great. The best part of that story is you got to pick your number in the National Hockey League, and um, you know that's that's a dream in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And who knows? Maybe I'll win the Vesna this year, like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a shot block. Good luck machine. with that. <laughs> shot block a machine in these last couple of preseason games. Yeah. Carson, thank you so much. We really do appreciate your time. Uh, it's been it's been fun to watch you compete in this camp. Wish you nothing but the best and. Uh, Hope that uh, hope that you're still here next week when uh, we're getting ready for opening night. But I am sure that uh, if for some reason you're not, it's not the last we're going to see or hear of Carson Meyer for sure. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks very much. Blue Jackets forward Carson Meyer. Stay tuned. We'll finish up this week's edition of the Inside Edge after this on 97.1 The Fan. Wrapping up this week's edition of the Inside Edge, Carson Meyer joining us here. And, Jody, it's always great to get the perspective from the players, and we talk about that all the time. But, man, this young man just uh, just working. and it, It's so funny. All he wants to do is stay home because yeah. home is Columbus. He doesn't want to be sent two hours up the road to Cleveland and back to the American Hockey League, and he's certainly made his case in these last two weeks. Uh, well, can you imagine that? I mean, uh, I, I can't even fathom playing hockey – as a 25-year-old in your hometown where you grew up, and he played college in this area. Uh, you know, he went to Miami and Ohio State, and, and here he is playing minor league hockey just in Cleveland, so really close to home. Uh, and what a great kid. I mean, he's a kid that appreciates everything that he's gotten. He's earned everything he's gotten. Uh, you brought up that last year in Buffalo where it looked like he might get the start, but Patrick Line actually played that game, and I remember seeing Carson – after he got the news and he wanted to know where the bus was or how, he didn't know what to do, like, what do I do now? Do I, he got his plane ticket, but he didn't know what the next step was to go back to Cleveland. Yeah, because I think Cleveland was going on a road trip and he was actually going to where they were. It's not even like he was going back there. So that's, uh, yeah, you feel like a fish out of water at that point. Well, right? and you felt for the kid yeah. because, like he, he said, it was a roller coaster. But uh, he's had a great camp here in Columbus this year. He stood out. Uh, he's worked hard, and you know today was a reward for these players that that made an impression in the first two weeks, and and uh, the guys like Carson Meyer and Kent Johnson, Marchenko, uh, they were all part of the first group. Now there was five and a half lines out there, uh, but you know what? Good on Brad Larson and the coaching staff because you could have easily gone to four and a half lines uh, and said we're getting this together. But there's guys that get another look in, in preseason, and I hope he does because, you know. A guy that forechecks, a guy that throws the weight around, a guy that uh, just brings that work ethic to the table. Uh, you, when you have Johnny Goodrow and players like that with high-end talent, the other guys going out the boards have to keep momentum and keep pucks in zone and push back against the opposition, and that Corrali line is going to be a line that needs to go hunt momentum at times uh, because they're not going to be the focus. They're going to be the focus of shutting down and getting momentum back. So if Carson Meyer uh, can do it and get out there, good for him. And, and so far he's made a great case of it. You were talking to him about the fitness testing, and you mentioned uh, Yarmo's reaction to it. Brad Larson is the same. I mean, they put a lot of stock in that. Uh, the game has changed. I don't know 
well, the fitness testing might have meant something for you. Oh, uh, yeah. When you were coming in, right? Because uh, if you're just sitting around being lazy all summer and you're not ready to go, then you're going to get written <laughs> off in about 30 seconds. In these we camps. used to run a two-mile fitness test in Upper Arlington at the track in uh, in September. Hot. It was always like the hottest day of the summer, and then summer was pretty much over. And our, the GM, the coaches, the scouts, everybody stood in the middle of the track and see who was winning that race. And you think if I didn't come in the top three, I mean, I had to come in the top three. And I remember once I passed Trevor Latowski on the final stretch. It was like eight laps. So I like seven and a half laps in. I turn it on, right? And uh, he said, oh, my goodness, Jode. All I heard was this stomping and heavy breathing. And I didn't know if I was going to get attacked or so I, he said, you just blew right by me. I said, that's right, Trev. Pushed it to the end. And, uh, you know, some of those smaller guys. I forget who always – I think Viborny would do it like he was – I mean, like it was a walk in the park. Well, no stretch. Get out of the van. Wait for the gun to start us, and he would just whip around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, guys – you're watching that, and you're still – you're like – you're exhausted, <laughs> but you're probably still mad. Like, look at this guy. Look how easy it is <laughs> yeah. for this guy. No, I, I was – I was glad. we always went and got a hamburger right after. Like <laughs> – Luke Richardson's like, let's go. We'll go get a hamburger. I'm like, yep, let's go. So we'd go somewhere in Upper Now, do you think he's encouraging his Chicago Blackhawks to go get hamburgers now? No, he's not encouraging, but I'm sure if he's at the at the, at the the practice facility the next day and and, uh, and he hears that they went for burgers after, he just – Luke's great. He'd just have this little chuckle and be like, oh, good, good for them. You know what I mean? you got to earn it. And I think that's what we felt. It was because it's – August is the worst, and then September until that training camp and, and it starts and you do their fitness testing and you get your body fat done, you're a mess. I mean, everything you eat, drink, you don't do it. Am I sleeping enough? Did I train enough? Oh, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, I can't eat bread. Like, it's just like a mess. So that burger was like uh, the first step of, yes, we're back. And then the grind that Carson Meyer, you know, you, you hear about him. Uh, I found it fascinating to talk to his comments about last night's game and didn't feel great. You know, it, no one felt good about the game last night because the team lost, but I'm sure there were some things that Carson did well. Or, you know, there's got to be – you got to take what you can from it and, and, and get ready. And that, But that's the roller coaster of camp, right? Not every day is going to be great. And, you know, they are tired. He would never say it, but they're uh, they're getting there. They're getting the, – this is part of the galvanizing the group and Brad Larson getting them through this. Yeah, and that's okay. And, and I'm fine with them not saying it, but, yes, we're we're around. We know, and that's – it is all part of the process. And we're just watching. We're, yeah. we're, we feel like, I feel bad for We feel it. like it's been a rough camp. As I sit there with my coffee and a donut, uh, I'm like, I feel terrible. But, um, but now there's two games left. Yeah. So now, as you're talking about a roller coaster, for the guys that are left here, it can't be a roller coaster. I mean, you, you've got to be trending upward when they're making those decisions come the weekend, right? Well, it's, it's part of the process now of letting those guys or, or, Having those guys join the main group in practice uh, this morning at the Ice House with the five-and-a-half lines, now it's for real. Okay, you know, this is it. You're com- they know exactly who they're competing against, and and they saw the lines in practice. They tr- worked their way through the rushes. They hoped their name's on the board uh, tonight when they uh, or tomorrow morning when they come to the rink to play tomorrow night. Uh, or Thursday night against the St. Louis Blues. And then if, if that's not the case, do they get the shot in Washington? Um, you know, so so that's, yeah, it's for real now. So it, it's uh, there's a lot to it. The, the players have, uh, they're part of an autograph session tonight at, at Nationwide Arena for the fans, which is great, but it's in the middle of camp. 
Uh, I'm sure, you know, that's not ideal for some of these guys trying to make the team, but that's part of the, the gruel of the NHL season. There's responsibilities, and you're right. It can't be a roller coaster, but now it's for real. It's going to be the next two games are going to be fascinating to watch. And I would imagine that the game on Thursday, not knowing what the lineup is going to be specifically, it's going to be an NHL lineup. Well, I'd be interested to see that. I would say yes, mostly NHL, definitely. But the guys who get to play, the guys, is it going to be Carson Meyer or is it going to be Marchenko or is it going to be – or do they know what Carson Meyer brings and they want to see if someone else, if they can bring their element at a higher level or has it just been kind of hovering? Because there are some players who have hovered. Um, you know, so I think that will be fascinating. I think Olivier's had a great camp. I think he's earned a spot here. Uh, and today in practice he was on the fourth line. I think the dynamic of being a four-checker, a guy who will fight – uh, but also he's killed penalties in the preseason, uh, and he can hold on to the puck. I think that's a different element than anyone that's in this camp up front. Uh, but for me, the, the Carson Meyer position is one that, you know, that's also needed. That's part of that, too. He can be that guy. So maybe they're both in, uh, but they're going to look at those dynamics where that final uh, 12 and 13th forward, maybe there's 14 forwards to start. Uh, They've got to bring something different. In, in they had no need to keep two of the same guys here. That play the same way. What I am going to be most fascinated with to see when it's all said and done, because the honesty is contracts play into this to an extent. Oh, yeah. Um, so what is – there are some guys that, I don't know, maybe I just assumed we're going to be here and they may not be here or vice versa, right? Um, Marchenko is a guy that, that you talked about. You know, For me, it's easy to look at it and say drafted four years ago, spent time in the KHL, should be able to come in and – and play and fit in here. However, he's adjusting to the bigger or the smaller ice. He played on the bigger ice a lot over there. Um, there are things he has to do, and maybe it's not quite his time here. Well, maybe the, maybe the timing's not right. Like yeah. Carson said too, there was more spots here last year, and and you've got the guys we just talked about in Meyer and Olivier that maybe they look more ready than Marchenko, who's going to be a great player in this league, but maybe he needs a couple months in the American Hockey League where he can go play. You know, they got a lot of minutes. Yeah, a lot of minutes and be the, the guy and have success. And, and that's what you want in your organization is these guys who are almost ready. And it's amazing to watch, right? Because you can tell, to me, Chinnikov's ready. He wasn't ready last year, or he was ready last year for the situation. Would he be ready last year at his point to come into this camp? I don't know. Maybe he'd be like where Marchenko is, but he had the luxury of coming in when there was more spots, getting it in the organization when it was no expectations and playing through it, and now coming back this year and being an NHL-ready player. It's a fine line, but it's something players don't appreciate, like all young people. It doesn't matter, no, you don't, doesn't matter what it is. Bring up any subject. It doesn't matter until you've gone through it and you can look back and say, that was actually really, really good for me to go and play in that situation, whether it's in the minors or with an organization that has no expectations. One quick thing before we close it out. You're talking about Meyer, Corrali, Olivier on a fourth line. Eric Robinson is a guy that had that spot last year. He's played in the preseason games this year. I know you're not counting him out, but how does he fit into that mix? I think he fits in. I think he's got the speed. I think he's got the familiarity with the system, uh, the coaches. I, I just think he's there. Um, you know, I, I it'll be interesting to see that those final two spots, but I think Robinson's fine. 
All right. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets are back at home at Nationwide Arena on Thursday night. They'll take on the St. Louis Blues, the final home preseason game, and it's going to be at 7 o'clock. Our pregame coverage will start at 645 on Thursday right here on The Fan. Once again, we'd like to thank forward Carson Meyer for being our guest tonight, and that will do it. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot. Thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan.